Remember the story when I was going to propose to you? We went out to dinner with another couple who lived in the same apartment building as us. They were in on the surprise, uh, so we went back to their place after dinner for a nightcap so I could prep, but I couldn't figure out how to leave and go back to our apartment to set everything up without it seeming weird. So all of a sudden, I got this idea to announce to the group that I had to go back to our place to go to the bathroom, which is kind of gross because they have a bathroom, obviously. So I came back 20 minutes later after putting everything out and all these candles and flowers in our apartment. And then I stood in the doorway of their apartment where you were and just said, things didn't go well. You need to come back. And then you spent the entire walk back to our place thinking I had completely annihilated our bathroom. Yeah. I thought things like weren't going well. I, I probably should have thought that through a little more. Welcome to the Woman Getting Married podcast, where we help you plan your wedding one episode at a time. I'm Lindsay Jones, the founder and editor of WomanGettingMarried.com, and my co-host is Corey Jones, my husband, and I would say the original Jones. I mean, at least like amongst the two of us. I'm number one, uh, clearly, I think. You're the, I mean, not OG, you're the OJ. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't be the OJ in this marriage. <laughs> Every week, we're here to answer all your wedding planning questions, as well as share our wedding hacks and tips so A, you don't go crazy, and B, you don't go broke because weddings are pricey. They cost a lot of money. Yeah. Speaking of pricey, today we're going to be answering all your questions about engagement and wedding rings. So I have a, just a quick question. Uh, do you know when something like paper or maybe like little wooden sticks will overtake diamonds as the ring of choice? Well, you don't have to get a diamond. You can get mosinite. You can get emeralds. There's so many alternatives. What about like a nice handshake? A good old <laughs> fashioned great job. Yes, sure. A very cost effective thumbs up. I love that. <laughs> Wear it forever. Exactly. So Melissa submitted a question to us via the Woman Getting Married Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, you should because it's private. Join it. Which means if uh, Aunt Sally keeps asking you, oh, where is it you're getting married again? You can share that with the group and like vent your frustrations because that happens. I have a super quick question, especially for Melissa. Uh, where are you getting married again? I'm, I'm asking for a friend. My, my friend is Aunt Sally. Aunt Sally's cray. So Melissa's question is, do we really need ring insurance? Will our homeowner's policy just cover it if it gets lost? So Melissa, this is so important. I just want to come out and say right away, yes. I mean, it's so important. Maybe you should stop listening to us and call your insurance company to get this figured out ASAP. Because as soon as you put that engagement ring on, if something happens to it or you lose it or it falls down the kitchen sink, you're screwed unless you have ring insurance. And just a PSA here, you can't actually use your kitchen sink as a ring if you drop it into the garbage disposal. And trust us, we've tried. It'd be a little heavy. It's hard. It's unwieldy yeah, to carry smells. around. Uh, it's not good. <laughs> so the first thing you should do is call the insurance company that handles your renter's or homeowner's policy and ask them about adding a jewelry rider is what it's called, or a floater, um, which, which will be added to your existing policy. 
And, you know, even though your typical homeowners or renter's insurance will cover up to a certain amount of personal property, when it comes to individual items, if they're over, say, $1,000 each, um, they'll usually need additional coverage. So even if you don't have existing homeowners or renter's policy, you know, you can contact a company that specializes in jewelry insurance. There are several out there that are reputable and good. Okay. So walk me through this. What do I need? So the first thing you'll need when you speak to your insurance company is a certificate of appraisal from a gemologist. Okay. What's a gemologist? So a gemologist is usually, you know, sometimes at the store where you, your fiance bought the engagement ring, that's usually where you will get the certificate of appraisal from. And hopefully your fiance got that when he or she bought the ring. And if not, you can just have, you know, you and your future spouse or just you, um, can go out and get the certificate of appraisal. And the second thing that you'll need is the receipt. So one helpful reminder here, since whoever's going to be contacting the insurance company, you'll have to give them the receipt. Make sure that you guys have a discussion about this first, because whoever does this will see the price of the ring. Yes. So I did this. I was the one that reached out to the insurance company and I found out how much the engagement ring costs. And it's pretty crazy what you can get for $11. I think this is where I'm supposed to say price doesn't matter. Aww. Love you. Love you. Also, just a quick tip. Be sure to take care of your engagement ring, right? So make sure over time that the stones feel secure. Um, if they don't, they feel a little wobbly. Uh, take them into your local jewelry store to get them tightened. And also, you know, you want to make sure that, especially with the insurance policy, that you get your wedding bands and engagement ring, whatever you have insured, reappraised every few years since the value of gemstones and gold and platinum can change. That's actually one thing we need to do. They go up, actually, so you're just getting richer by the day. <laughs> yes, as you wear it. I mean, it's an investment. Also, keeping it clean will feel so much better. So quick tip, the best way to clean your engagement ring, you're going to want to take a small bowl and fill it with lukewarm water. Um, add a couple drops of dishwashing soap. Let it soak for about 20 minutes and then take a soft bristle toothbrush and brush the stones to get rid of any of that junk and well, everything that accumulates in it. And then make sure your drain is closed before you do this. Close that drain. <laughs> yes, please. Um, and rinse it under warm water. And then I like to dry mine with a lint-free cloth or one of those, you know, eyeglasses cloths. Um, even a wine glass towel, which takes us to our next segment. All right. And now it's time for our wine timeout. And today we're taking a trip to Italy. Hey. Uh, we, we went are, there for our honeymoon. Yeah, it was fantastic. And today we're drinking a Barolo from the winemaker Terra Divino. This is a 2013 a little factoid check from Barolo is Barolo is produced in the hillside village of uh, the Piedmont area of Italy, which is in the sort of southwest area of Milan. And Barolos are, tend to be made from Nebbiolo grapes, which are kind of big and sort of a version of the Napa Cab, like big, bold wines. And if you ever heard the term tarn roses, that has come from the aromas of Barolos. It smells of tarred roses because their tannins are big. They have these deep flavors. And, you know, it used to be that you would only drink Barolos that were like 10 years older because they, were, they needed that age to kind of soften them up a little bit. But producers lately have been making some more accessible ones that are a little younger and cheaper. So this one was about $19. 
and I think it's pretty good. It's it's yeah. It's, it's very drinkable. It got a little bit of heft to it. Yeah, I actually like it more. This I think this is the second or third time we're having it, but I actually like it more than the first time. I think it's because of what we're having with it. We're having a little cheese with it because it's what you got to do cheese. any night. And so what we're having today is something called Death and Taxes by this cheesemaker called uh, Bleating Heart. It's about that time. It is. It's uh, B-L-E-A-T-ing Heart, which is, you know, that their little pun, um, you know, bleats are what ewes and little calves make that, that, that me. So that's just, that's their little joke. That was a good noise. I feel uh, like you should make that noise more. Yeah. Yes. Uh, every morning when I wake <laughs> up, uh, rise and shine. Um, so anyway, this cheese is really rich, super rich. It's a cow's milk. It's washed. The reason why it's got its name is because it's washed in the rind of a beer called Death and Taxes. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> it's like butter. It is like butter. I mean, at first I thought it was too much, but now I'm like into it. I'm, uh, well, I also like eating sticks of butter. So it is, it's very similar to that. So, but if you ever find this, grab it and then yes. make sure that it gets to room temperature because that you know, everything will come, the flavors will come out. It gets pretty soft and it's just, it's so delicious. So delicious. It's pretty good. So this next question is a tough one, right? Um, I like those, but I thought it'd be good to talk about in case any of you out there in a similar situation, it's not super common, but it happens. So we received a question from an anonymous bride about what to do if you don't like your engagement ring. I mean, this is like, it's a bad spot. Yeah. So, I mean, Corey, how how would you feel if you proposed and I hated the ring? I would feel, oh, let's see. What's the word? Well, would you feel it's weird because I actually helped pick out our engagement ring? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'd be like, that's on you, girl. (laughs) Uh, I would feel crappy. I would feel crappy. um, But you would have to really hate it to bring it up. Yeah. And, you know, we actually addressed this on womangettingmarried.com and it was interesting to see both sides take on it. So here's what I actually think will help if you're in this situation. So first off, I really do think you have to be honest, right? I think that that's like first and foremost, so important in any relationship. And especially when you're getting married is you have to be honest. If you're feeling something, say it. So I think you're going to want to sit down, set you know, aside of time to sit down and talk with your fiance, tell them how excited you are to marry them, right? Like, let's talk about all the things, positive things we love about them. And, you know, I think what you say is, this is really tough to talk about, but even though the ring is beautiful, I'm not sure if the, you know, you can insert here, setting, stone, color is the right fit. Um, And ask if it's possible, if you guys can go together to jewelry store where it was bought, And see what the options might be. You know, I mean, how would you feel if it was presented to you like that? I would feel okay, but you have to really dislike it to to bring this up. I think this is an important point. Like you can't just, if you're just like, "Mm, we should should be bigger. Well, size, I'm sorry. You can't say anything about the size. I really honestly, like if your biggest complaint about your engagement ring is the size you just have to maybe in five, 10 years, you replace the stone for something bigger based on your finances, exactly. but you can't talk about the size, but let's say you hate gold and it's a gold engagement ring. You can potentially bring that up or learn to love gold. I mean, I love gold. Um, yeah, you know? it's gotta be it, the only way where it makes, 
it's acceptable for someone to bring this up is if like they had a dream ring in their mind their whole life and this is right. kind of like the opposite of it like yeah not the size just the color or whatever yeah, like right. that's it otherwise and you know then and who knows the the circumstances of the ring being bought maybe it was a total surprise maybe you guys never went out together or even right. like looked at anything or even had an idea at all so maybe he was just going fully like wanting to spring it on you yeah. And if it's not like exactly what you dreamed of in the way of the shape or whatever, like that's when you can bring it up and maybe, and, and if you catch it like that, then that makes total sense. Now, if you guys had gone together and well, had a sense, then who knows? Well, yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> all then bets that's, are off. All bets are off. <laughs> and also, you know, if it's an heirloom that say it was his mom's or his grandmother's, ring um then that's you know a little bit trickier you know if it's the stone that you have a problem with like a shape or whatever um and that's not the heirloom then you can go with you know what we were just talking about in terms of sitting down and being honest um but like let's say the heirloom is the actual setting then you might be kind of you know in the situation that you're in and you might have to just concentrate on picking out a wedding band that you love for now instead and maybe in the next few years, you can talk about things. I mean, I I do think that you do have to consider the situation. And, you know, again, if it's the size, I don't think you say anything. But if it's the setting or the, the color, then you guys have an honest conversation. But, it, you know, like you were saying, Corey, it has to really be something you really dislike. Yeah, because you're and if it's an heirloom. Learn to love it. I used to I used to hate Brussels sprouts when I was a kid. Now I love them. Same thing with rings. I don't know. I mean, I think you do have to still be honest to a point. Honest, but still kind and respectful. Absolutely. So next question. Jennifer asked, how do you wear your engagement ring during the ceremony? So here's what you can do. You can have a family member hold it, but don't do that. It's way too risky. Um, I would be nervous the entire ceremony about having somebody else hold on to the ring. So here's what you do instead. Wear it on your right ring finger during the ceremony. It's a brilliant idea. After the ceremony, when you've received your wedding band, you can just slip it back on your left ring finger. You know, traditionally, your engagement ring is supposed to go on top of your wedding band anyway. Um, they say that way the band stays closest to your heart. So it should be an easy switch. And it's actually something I do every day. I take my engagement ring on and off in the morning and at night. Now we want to come to our wedding hack of the week. Hacks. Every episode, we hope to give you a wedding hack or tip that you can put to use at some point during the planning process. Today's tip has to do with staying organized when it comes to your wedding invitations. And one thing you'll definitely want to consider doing is getting a black light pen and light and numbering each of your RSVP cards. Now you can buy this type of pen on Amazon for around $7 and it will allow you to inconspicuously add a number to each RSVP in the lower left or right corner and assigning that number to a wedding guest um, or family that you're sending the invitation to. Because guests will screw up the RSVP cards, uh, either by forgetting to put their name on the RSVP card, which we just saw in the Facebook group. Whoops. Or they have terrible handwriting and you're like, who the hell is this? <laughs> on the flip side, if you're a guest, you can get 
one of these black light pens and then write an awesome message to the groom on the back of the RSVP card. <laughs> like, see you soon. See you at the bar. I know what you're doing. You should definitely do that. Um, but that will definitely save you. So keep that in mind. Great. And now we come to this week's couple vent, which luckily it's my turn to vent this week. Oh, I think, don't I get like every week? No, 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 no. You had last week and now it's my turn to vent. I don't um, like that. This is something that uh, I think a few other grooms or grooms to be out there can relate to. So let's say it's Wednesday night or any night of the week, really, and you don't feel like cooking, so we feel like going out. So I'll ask you, like, hey, where do you want to go? And you'll inevitably say, oh, I don't care. And then I'll say, okay, are you sure? And you'll say, yeah, yeah, I'm good with anything. I don't care. I don't, care. Any, I don't, I don't even care. I don't care at all. And so I'll say, okay, well, let's go to uh, R&D, which is a restaurant up the street. And you'll be like, mm, ah, no, I don't think so. I don't think I want to go there. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I thought you didn't care. And you're like, well, yeah, I just don't feel like R&D tonight. I don't know. And then so I'll end up listing off like 15 restaurants. Like, what about this place? What about this place? And you're like, no, 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 no. And then this happens every single time we want to go out to eat. And so... While you say you don't care, you end up actually picking the place that you had a place in mind the whole time. You really do care, even though you say you don't care. And that's my event this week. I just have one thing to say to that. Where are we going to go eat tonight? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and so, you know, when we do do the gripe, we also want to counterbalance it. So this is a, our follow-up segment called Something I Love. Yeah, thank you. A little yin with our yang. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm so hurt. you're not really that hurt. No, because I'm honestly like that's totally happened. You have no defense. I have no defense. <laughs> I'm I actually I'm speechless. Guilty as charged. Yes. So the one thing I do love though is like when I get home, you're usually home before I am, and every every couple has their little uh, pet names for each other, which we're not going to share just yet. We're going to hold that for a later Super podcast. Later podcast. Uh, but I get home and you won't be, I won't be able to see you, but you'll be in another room. And, um, when you hear the door, you just yell out my little pet name and, uh, it's super cute and you know, a fun little high pitched voice. And I love that. It makes me, makes me warm inside when I get Aww. home. It's like, it's like smelling warm cookies in the oven. It's like, it's like I'm home. If only I baked those. Yeah. Maybe, maybe tomorrow you can do that too. That'd be great. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Woman Getting Married podcast. We'll be releasing new episodes every week. So come back next time to listen to us talk about your wedding budget and the number one thing you need to do to stick to it. Spend more money? No, we're going to help you save. Overextend? <laughs> no, no, don't listen to them. Go to jail for debt? <laughs> we'll see you next time. See you later.